and welcome to Yoga Olmi, where we examine the relationship of yoga and mindfulness to people's everyday lives and experiences. I'm Dana Baxter. Today, we are talking with David Baxter, a very special guest who happens to share half of my gene pool. My dad is a man of many facets, including a father, husband, businessman, churchgoer, and more. He connects to mindfulness through a desire to place emphasis on the present, as well as through the Christian notion of quiet prayer, calming yourself and finding a state of serenity in order to be in the presence of God. Overall, though, he emphasizes that mindfulness is something that you can make your own in any situation. And now your host, Monica Sager. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to be here. Can you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got into mindfulness? Yeah, sure. I sort of define myself uh, by my family, right? I'm a husband and a father and a brother and an uncle and was a son. So family's really, really important, right? And so this year in the spring, uh, my children will all be graduating from college, right? So that's a pretty amazing, um, exciting and prideful time. And then in the early part of the fall, we'll be celebrating a 30th wedding anniversary with my amazing um, wife and, and I. So family's really sort of been important and guided, guided kind of who I am and, and how, I view, how I view the world. Sort of born and raised in New England, right? Sort of lived, lived in New England all my life. So love the change of the seasons, sort of love the beach, love the Red Sox, right? Um, so sort of pretty typical in, in New England. I think um, in terms of sort of mindfulness, you know, say five or six years ago, um, begun to look for sort of a, a centering, sort of a, a, a peace in life that really was free um, and it didn't require a prescription, right? You know, a sense of, of stillness, a sense of being sort of in the present, right? Which is what mindfulness really is. It's easy, I think, in this sort of social media, 24-7 news cable networks to sort of be caught up and to sort of always be online and be available you know, your your phone buzzes and you instantly look at it, right? It's Pavlovian, right? And you sort of, you sort of respond and, and your, your blood pressure spikes a little bit and your heart rate spikes a bit every time your phone sort of goes off. But I was looking for something to um, make me be in the present, not so much in the in the past or, or worrying about the, the past or worrying about the future. And it was about the same time began to sort of go back to church, right? And so as a child and as a young person, pretty much through high school and sort of the church and um, religion was an important part of my life and my family's life growing up. Um, got away from that, right, at, in college and quite frankly for a, a long period of time. It sort of came back to church, sort of organized church and religion, say five or six years ago. And I think part of, part of that is, you know, my mom passed away around that time and the power of religion for her, the power of peace, even though she was very sick, the power of peace from religion, um, sort of said, hey, you know, there's something there. There's something that was really powerful for her. Um, and I'm going to tap into that. And so sort of, sort of mindfulness and, and sort of a return to, to church and to religion uh, sort of just naturally came together around then. So was it the religion that influenced the mindfulness or vice versa, a little bit of the same? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I think it was sort of mindfulness first and sort of clearly sort of searching for something that that, that was um, important, that was sort of bigger than myself or sort of bigger than my own circle of friends or bigger than 
on my email box uh, or my uh, contact list, right? Something, something about that, something about um, sort of being in the present. I mean, as I, as, as I think about what I think about, um, you know, I would sort of say 45% of what I think about is, is ruminating on the past, right? And so, oh, I could have, or I should have, or oh, this really upset me, or, um, and, and then I think 45% of what sort of uh, my mind thinks about is the future, right? Well, I'm going to go in and I'm going to tell him this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm afraid of in the future. This is what I fear. I said at least about like 10% of, of sort of really being present. And um, so sort of for me anyway, mindfulness moves that needle, maybe not a lot, but it moves it a little, right? To sort of say, hey, you know, being in the present is, is sort of really, really important um, to sort of create a, a sense of, of stillness and a sense of uh, perspective. Definitely, that's totally understandable. So continuing with that religious path, how have you connected to mindfulness through religion? Especially if you started off with mindfulness without religion, how has it changed since? I think there's a lot about Christianity um, that's true for mindfulness, right? Um, um, Jesus would often withdraw from crowds um, to, for solitude, right? To the Mount of Olives or uh, John the Baptist would go into the desert, right? This, this notion of, you know, of solitude of uh, being silent and quiet. And so came, then came across this notion of quiet prayer. And so quiet prayer is really sort of a mindfulness in terms of prayer. It doesn't take the place of prayer, blessings or adoration prayer, prayers of petition, prayers of intercession, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of praise, right? So all of the, the forms we think about prayer so it, it doesn't replace that. It's in addition to that. And so quiet prayer is exactly that. It's, it's, it's quiet. It's, it's silent. It's non-discursive, right? And it's sort of deep meditation and it's wordless, right? And quiet prayer is really based on a, on a silence and a stillness in the presence of God. So it's being present and in the presence of God. And so uh, prayer is sort of really important part of religion for sure. And sort of a, to me, a blending of, of mindfulness to, to really still and calm yourself to be able to be in the presence of God is really, uh, is really a powerful thing that um, is available to all of us at any time uh, for free. I love all of that. So the other aspect of religion is community. Does that play into your mindfulness practice at all as well? I, I think, you know, for, for me, for me, mindfulness is a is a is a personal and private thing, um, um, not necessarily a, a community thing. I, I think of it as something that centers and, and grounds me. The the great thing about it, though, is it's available to everyone, right? It's available to everyone, no matter how old you are or um, what your faith is um, or where you live. Um, or your gender or who you love. I mean, so that, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. There's, there's no scorecard, right? And there's no, there's no right way uh, to do mindfulness, but it is a chance for all of us to really kind of turn off a little bit of the turmoil that we have in the world by turning off a little bit of the turmoil that we have um, in, our own, in our own minds. Absolutely. Um, and then you mentioned about the like dial almost of staying in the present. 
but is there a specific example that you can provide of how mindfulness has changed your approach to everyday life? Yeah, I think I think it primarily uh, for me, and I think the magic of mindfulness is that I mean, it can be different for for people, and it can be different for the same person at at a, at a, at a different time. It's easy, at least for me, uh, to be caught up in stress and to be caught up in anxiety of um, the things that I control and then the things that I can't control. And so it's easy to ruminate on things, um, to fear the, the, the future. And I, you know, I think you know, clearly the pandemic and elections and sort of social unrest, this, this has been a really, 2020 has been a really, uh, a, a really great year um, to be practicing mindfulness because it's needed now, um, needed now more than ever. And with that, does mindfulness then play into your business practice or hobbies or anything of that sort? Yeah, um, I would say that it's it's not directly related to to my work. Again, it's available to everybody, right? F- for me, um, work is can be stressful, um, and so. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't put a clock on my mindfulness practice. This, this notion of focusing on your breathing, um, focusing about being in the present, really sort of trying to free your 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 mind of of sort of thoughts, right? That can that can crowd it out. And so there's nothing wrong with thoughts coming in. You sort of just sort of let them go. Um, you know, and you can practice mindfulness anywhere at any time for um, a minute, right? I mean, it's sort of you can sort of go on YouTube and see mindfulness for a minute, and it'll tell you, right? Hey, any any bit any bit helps. Um, so I I don't think it necessarily applies to my work directly, other than you can do it at your desk, you can do it in the car, as long as you pay attention to the road. Uh, you can you can sort of do it in the car. It's really it's it's really brief and personal in a way to just kind of focus you on what it is that's. Um, present and in front of you as opposed to sort of, you know, to stress out about what's happened or, or what you think might happen. Absolutely. So along those lines, would you, rac- would you recommend these practices to others? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's no right or, or wrong way, right? You can, you can Google it and you can see YouTube and you can have guided meditation, you have guided mindfulness. And that's kind of how I started, right? You know, I didn't really know anything about it. It's not like I took a class or I did anything. I just sort of poked around and, and found some things that work. Um, and and it it works for, for me. Um, it's not perfect, right? Uh, I, I don't have a stress-free life or an anxiety-free life. In fact, you know, like lots of people, a fair amount of stress, a fair amount of anxiety. And so, like I said, it, it doesn't necessarily move the needle, the, the, the needle dramatically, um, but if you can move the needle even a little bit, right, even a little bit of a peace or a little bit of a stillness in a sort of a turbulent world or a turbulent life, um, that's pretty powerful. And so I would encourage anyone to, to try it. Um, there's no wrong or right answer. There's no scorecard. You don't get a grade, but there's also sort of no magic trick or sort of secret sauce um, to make it successful. It's deeply personal, which I think is um, great and why I would encourage it for anyone. I love that. And I think that leads me then to my last question. Is there anything else about mindfulness in general or your practice in particular that you'd like to leave with our audience? 
Yeah, it's it's um, it's like I said. There's there's no there's no wrong way. It's available for free without prescription to anyone, and it's available at any time at any place. Um, and it's pretty simple to get started, right? It's, in fact, it's very simple to get started. And if you're patient with yourself and your practice, that's part of the benefit, right? Is is sort of being patient and um, with with your own self. Um, that helps move the needle and keep you in the uh, keep you in the present. And I think what what you'll find, or at least I hope you'll find, if you if you try and you you stick with it, is sort of a, a sort of somewhat brighter outlook about what the future can be. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with us. I greatly appreciate it. We've had a lot more discussions about yoga, so I really love that you've been able to shine a light on mindfulness and how really anybody can do that as well. Great. It's good. Again, this is Yoga Olamit. Make sure to tune back in two weeks for another edition to hear about yoga and meditation within another walk of life. Again, I'm Dana Baxter, and on behalf of Monica Sager, myself, and the Yoga Olamit staff, thank you, and we'll see you next time.